Welcome to the Lady Preacher Podcast, a podcast for the progressive Christian, where we talk about an all-loving God, an embodied Christ, and an ever-moving spirit. Dive right in as we wrestle with what it means to live out our faith in the world. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Lady Preacher Podcast. I am, as always, very thankful that you are here and joining us and carving out some time in your day to dig into the gospel. I'm very excited because today we are kicking off an entire series on the Sermon on the Mount. So this is found in the Gospel of Matthew, chapters five through seven. And what we'll be doing is breaking it into small bite-sized pieces and going a few verses at a time to really dig in and try to figure out what is Jesus saying to us through these scriptures? What does his Sermon on the Mount mean for all of us today? What did it mean for the people who first heard this message and throughout the centuries? I'm so, so thankful to be doing this and so excited. This is such a huge part of Jesus's ministry. It's when he really digs into this is what I believe these are my commandments for you. And I do want to say the Sermon on the Mount, it does show up in the Gospel of Luke. And it's not necessarily a sermon that Jesus stood up and he said all these things all at once. A lot of theologians and scholars think that it's very possible the authors of these Gospels took Jesus's teachings and then combined them into this one longer sermon. In Matthew, it's the Sermon on the Mount. And then in Luke, it's the Sermon on the Plain. And that has a lot to do with who the gospel authors were writing their gospels for. For example, with Matthew, Jesus's Sermon on the Mount, try to think in your mind, who is another person who stood on a mountain and received commandments from God that he then gave the people? And it's Moses. So Jesus's Sermon on the Mount, this imagery of him standing on the mountain, speaking to the people is supposed to, in our minds, connect Jesus back through history, through their culture to Moses. Really trying to bring that message that Jesus is not offering new teachings. He is expanding on. And like he says, I am here to fulfill the law, not to abolish the law. And so we get to really experience Jesus and the richness of his theology and his beliefs and everything he preached throughout these Sermon on the Mount series as we dig into each of the verses. So today we are getting started with a very, very beginning. We're going to look at Matthew chapter five, verses one through 12. And what we're actually going to do is take us back to one of the very first episodes of this podcast, because I am not going to reinvent the wheel. We already did a podcast episode on the Beatitudes, which is Matthew chapter five, verses one through 12. And so we're going to embrace that and we're going to dig into it again and really break down each verse and what it can mean for us today. So we are just reusing, recycling, <laughs> upcycling a previous episode. And I hope you either listen to it again, or if you're coming to it for the first time, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you learn something. Um, and again, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. So today I offer you this message that was recorded almost a year ago now and hope that you enjoy it. Today, we're going to dive into the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes are a list of blessings, and they can be found both in the Gospel of Matthew and in the Gospel of Luke. But today, we're just going to focus on Matthew's version. So I invite you to 
listen in and hear the good news of Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I invite you to pray with me. Gracious and holy God, we ask that you be with us today and every day. Open our ears as we listen for what Jesus is teaching us here. Help us hear what the real blessings are. God, open our hearts, open our minds, and fill our cup today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I mentioned in the intro as I was starting this whole podcast thing that one of the seeds that was planted in my heart to start this was when I was listening to a different podcast and I heard a really prominent evangelical pastor talk to a man who had suffered a great deal after his dad had committed suicide when he was just a teenager. And he was asking this pastor, how do I learn to trust again? How do I learn to trust other adults? Because that trust was severed when I lost my dad. And this evangelical pastor started in saying, first of all, I need you to know that God doesn't make mistakes and nothing is a surprise to God. And this was all a part of God's plan for you. And as I listened to that, it was like my blood boiled in my veins and I got so upset because that can be such a harmful thing to tell someone that can do so much harm, not only to a person's spirit, but also to their relationship with God. Imagine being told that God was responsible for your suffering, that God was responsible for taking your loved one away and the harm that can do to your faith, to your trust in God. This is such a harmful theology. And as I was listening to this, I thought, man, there needs to be another voice out there telling this man that that God weeps with him, that God is present with him in his suffering. Not that God caused it, but that God is with him and that he can trust God to walk him through this dark valley. And so with this podcast, my hope is to help us build a healthier theology, to break down the ways that theology can be harmful and build up something stronger. And the reason I bring this up as we dive into the Beatitudes is that if we're not careful, the Beatitudes can be tainted with bad theology too. In what we just read, we heard Jesus say, blessed are the poor in spirit. 
I was reading from the NRSV version. And if we look at the message version, it says, blessed are those who are at the end of their rope. Or if you look at the gospel of Luke, it just says, blessed are the poor. And then the second beatitude, blessed are those who mourn. In the message translation, it says, blessed are you who have lost those most dear to you. And if we subscribe to the same theology that this prominent evangelical pastor had, then the blessing in this is that you are poor or that you are poor in spirit or the blessing is that you are at the end of your rope or in the second beatitude, the blessing is that the person or people you love the most have died. The blessing is the loss. But I don't believe that for a moment. I will never preach that the blessing is the suffering. The blessing is never the suffering because that's harmful. I can't tell you how many people I have sat with who are saying, how do I believe in a God who took this person away? Or how do I believe in a God who would cause so much harm in the world, who would look and do nothing? I lost my mom when I was four years old. And I don't think I would believe in the God who killed my mom. I think if someone had told me that when I was young, I would not be where I am today as a pastor. I don't know that I would still be in church. It's harmful theology to tell someone that the blessing is in their suffering. And that's not who Jesus says God is anyway. I'm reminded of the story of Lazarus. Lazarus was one of Jesus's friends. He was the brother of Mary and Martha, some of Jesus's followers. And in this story, Lazarus gets really, really sick and he ends up dying. And Mary and Martha call upon their friend Jesus and he comes to be with them, but he's too late. He's too late. Their brother Lazarus has already died. He's been in the tomb for four days. And when Jesus looks around and sees the heartbreak of his friends and of the people all around him, Jesus wept. That's the shortest verse in all of scripture. Two words, Jesus wept. And Jesus is God, Emmanuel, God with us. And so we can hear in this story that when we suffer, God looks around and weeps with us. God weeps with us. God is present in our suffering. And so in the Beatitudes, Jesus is not saying that those who suffer are blessed because of their suffering. What he's trying to say is that you are blessed who suffer because of how God will show up in the midst of your suffering. Jesus's message throughout his ministry, his preaching, his leadership is always that God will redeem you. The Beatitudes are really about two things. They're about comfort and justice. And they address people in two different categories. They address those who are suffering or who have suffered. And they're addressing those who walk beside or are working on behalf of those who suffer. And so one by one, I want to walk us through the Beatitudes and what they mean, what Jesus is really saying the blessing is. And we've already dove into the first one, but I want to dive into it a little bit deeper. That first Beatitude, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. As I mentioned before in the Gospel of Luke, it just shortens it to say, blessed are the poor. 
And so what does it mean to be poor in spirit or just to be poor? We all know what poor means. A lack of resources, a lack of finance, a lack of stability. But when it comes to being poor in spirit, there are some theologians who describe it as those who have had so much taken from them, who have been deprived of so much. Not only are they broke, but they are so broke that it has broken their spirits. That's what it means to be poor in spirit. When life breaks us so much that it breaks our spirits. We've all had moments like this, haven't we? Where something has rocked us so deeply that it has broken our spirit. I love the way the message translation puts this. What I mentioned earlier, blessed are you who are at the end of your rope. When there is less of you, there is more room for God. That's what it says in the message. Blessed are you who are at the end of your rope. When there is less of you, there is more room for God. And what I want you to hear is that the blessing is not that you are poor. The blessing is not that you are poor in spirit. The blessing is not that you are at the end of your rope. The blessing is that God is at the other end of that rope, hanging on and refusing to let go. The blessing is that God is hanging on to you and hanging on for you. That is the blessing. The blessing is that even when you give up, God will hang on. Even when you feel broken, God is there with you in it all. God will shine through your brokenness. God will be there to piece you back together to create this beautiful mosaic out of your brokenness. The blessing is that God is with you in it all. And then we hear the second beatitude. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who have suffered deep and profound loss for they will be comforted. They will be comforted. God gave us life on earth and part of life on earth is loss. It's inevitable. We know that it will happen. We know that you will be born and you will die. We know that this loss is a part of what it means to be human. But what God promises, God doesn't promise us a life without suffering. God doesn't promise no death. What God promises us is comfort. God promises that when we lose someone we love, God's arms will wrap around us. And God promises us new life and resurrection. God, through Jesus' death and resurrection, proves that love is stronger than death. That love is the one thing that goes beyond the barrier between this life and the next one. Love is the one thing that can pierce that barrier. That is the promise here. That even though the person you love may have died... Their love lives on eternally. That is the comfort of God's grace and redemption and the promise of the resurrection. That is the blessing. The blessing is not that you lost someone you love, but the blessing is that their love will be with you forever, as will the love of God. In the third beatitude, it says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The Greek word for meek is not just about being quiet or small. That Greek word for meek translates more to be those who have been deprived. 
It points to an injustice. Those who are meek are those who have been deprived of earth's resources. In our scriptures, all throughout the scriptures, from Genesis and the creation of the earth to what Jesus is saying now, the scriptures tell us that the fruit of God's creation is for all people. The fruit of God's creation is for all people, but the meek are the ones who have been deprived of it, not by God's hand, but by the injustices of the world. And I know we are all familiar with what those injustices are. The injustices that keep food out of the hands who need it most. The injustice is those who hoard out of fear of scarcity, out of fear that they will never have enough. But that leaves them with an abundance and with others who have nothing. That is the injustice of the meek. And so what Jesus is saying here in Matthew is that the meek will inherit the earth. And that is the blessing. The blessing is not the injustice. The blessing is the way God will give them an abundance. God will redeem their suffering and they will be fed. The blessing is not in their meekness, but in the promise that one day they will be with an abundance. I want to be clear that the promise is that you are not blessed because of your suffering. The things that you have suffered in your life, those are not the blessings. The blessing is what comes after the suffering. The blessing is what comes through the suffering. Remember that story of Jesus and his friend Lazarus. The God weeps with us when we are hurting. But the blessing is how God shows up in those moments. How God takes tragedy and redeems it. I mentioned that my mom passed away when I was a little girl. And I fully, fully believe that the loss of my mom is ultimately what led me here to ministry. The loss of my mom, while I will never be grateful she died, I am grateful for the ways that God has shown up for me in the midst of this loss. I now have an incredible blended family. I now have a faith that is stronger because of the way that God showed up for me in the midst of this loss and gave me strength. I am here because God redeemed my suffering and helped me use it for good. And we all have stories like that. We all have seen the ways that God has shown up in the midst of tragedy and brought new life. And that is the blessing. But then that bids the question, so what if I haven't suffered? What if I haven't experienced oppression like the meek? Am I not blessed? But that's what leads us into the next Beatitudes. The next Beatitude says, Blessed are you who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for you will be satisfied. You who have worked so hard for righteousness, you who have worked so hard to be a warrior of justice, you didn't just want it, but you craved it. You hungered for it. You thirsted for it. It was visceral. You will be satisfied because you will see the fruits of your labor and you will be fed. The rivers of justice will flow down and you will not be thirsty. You will be satisfied. That is your blessing. And then blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. 
Blessed are those who give because they will be given to. Blessed are those who are kind because they will be shown kindness. <laughs> Blessed are you when you look a houseless person in the eye. Blessed are you who are kind to the cranky person in the checkout line. Blessed are you who says a kind prayer for the person who cuts you off in traffic. When you choose mercy over revenge or anger, you will also be shown mercy. You will be blessed because you are a blessing. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The message translation version says, blessed are you when you get your insides right, your heart and your mind. You will be able to see God on the outside. When you get your insides right, your heart and your mind, you will be able to see God on the outside. When you can clear the gunk that keeps you from seeing God in others, when you can clear out all that creates a barrier between you and others, when you can clear that out of your eyes, everything that keeps you from seeing God and other people, when you can clear out the gunk of hatred, of judgment, of racism, of sexism, of bigotry, of xenophobia, when you can clear all that out, that is when you have your insides right, your heart and your mind, and you will be able to see God outside of yourself. And sometimes the gunk isn't just those big things. Sometimes it's smaller. Sometimes the gunk that keeps you from seeing God is just stress or a bad day, or maybe you're like me and you get cranky when you're hungry, or perhaps it's just a general dislike of yourself. But when you can clear that, when you can get your insides right, you'll be able to see God more clearly all around you. And the blessing is what comes when you can see God all around you. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And this doesn't just mean people who are peaceful, who are calm, but those who are peacemakers, those who are actively working, earnestly working to bring peace, to make peace in the world, who are working tirelessly to create equity and justice in the world, who are actively working to bring more compassion and kindness and mercy and grace to our earth. Those are the peacemakers. Those are the people who are the children of God, who are doing God's work in the world. Blessed are they because they are doing God's work in the world. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We know both from what happened to Jesus and from history that standing up for what is right, that standing up against injustice often leads to persecution. If it didn't, Jesus would not have died at the hands of those he spoke out against. If it didn't, we would still have people like Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. We know that there is a cost to being part of building the kingdom of God. It's the reason Jesus says to the disciples, take up your cross and follow me. Because this work of seeking righteousness, of being a peacemaker, of working on behalf of righteousness and goodness, God's version of righteousness and justice and goodness. We know that this work is hard. We know that it ruffles feathers. 
We know that the powers that be don't like it. And so blessed are those who are persecuted on behalf of doing the work of building the kingdom of God. Blessed are they, for they will see the fruits of their labor. What Jesus is doing in all of these beatitudes is promising two things. He's promising comfort and redemption to those who suffer. And he is assuring those who work to end undue suffering that they are on the right path. He's giving them courage and reassurance. The Beatitudes are Jesus's message to his followers that this work is worth it. His message is to those who have suffered and those who will walk beside those who suffer. Reminding them that the blessing is God's presence with them. The blessing and the good news is that God is working beside them. God is right there with them. And for all of you and all of us hearing this message today, hear the promise that God is accompanying you through your hardship. That God is with you in every step. That God will redeem you. That even though the sun is not shining today, that sun always remains behind the clouds and the clouds one day will clear. God will bring goodness and grace to your life. God will show up amidst your suffering with the kind words of a stranger or of a loved one. God will show up for you. And if you are one who is working alongside those who are suffering, hear the promise of Jesus saying that God is working right alongside you. Hear the promise that you will one day see the fruits of your labor. In all of this, hear the good news that you are not alone. Hear the good news that God is walking with you and God is blessing you each and every day. May you know, my friends, that you are never alone, that you are beloved children of God and you are blessed. Amen. My friend, thank you so much for joining us today. I am so grateful for you. Without you, this ministry would not be possible. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. The Lady Preacher podcast is part of a nonprofit called Dancing Pastor Ministries. And you can find us online at dancingpastor.org or join the community by finding us on Facebook at Dancing Pastor Ministries. If you would like to be a part of supporting this podcast, there are many ways you can do that without giving monetarily. You can share our posts on social media, send an episode to a friend, or just leave a review. If you would like to support us financially, you can do so at dancingpastor.org slash give. My friend, you are a gift. Thank you for being here and God bless.